0: Alright, if you are one of our Pirate Ship and Battleship kids, you are dismissed. I actually lied, we don't have Battleship. i got to get that out of my head. <laughs> Alright, our kids love going out to Pirate Ship and Battleship kids. It's a specific environment just for them on a weekly basis Hey, I want to need some help from you guys. Would you guys help welcome my good friends here, Pastor Robert and Miss Donna Chapman? They are awesome. Uh, Robert is from the great state of West Virginia. <laughs> <South> Virginia. <laughs> he's actually from Virginia, but he gives me a hard time. Uh, he's not from West Virginia, and he actually hates whenever I tell people that he's from West Virginia. So... Man, so just let me tell you a little bit about this story and how we got connected. So we knew back in 2016 that God was calling calling us to plant Creekside Church. And I made one promise to the Lord. I said, Lord, we will do this. And as my wife and I were praying about it, we said those, those words, Lord, we will do this, but we will not do this alone. We'll do it, but we will not do this alone. And so we began this process of praying over the next, I would say, about three months. We were just praying, God, send us a family, send us uh, another pastor. And I knew that because uh, I'm a little bit younger, I wanted somebody who um, was a little bit more seasoned, uh, had some more experience, and so I was praying two very specific things. Lord, give us somebody who has more experience, and Lord, give us somebody who just has a heart for people, uh, who loves people to death, who can shepherd people well. And as we prayed that prayer, we actually met with a, a few other folks, and it, it just didn't work out for whatever reason. Somehow or another, we come in touch with uh, Robert and Donna, the Chapmans, and uh, they agree. They, they start praying the same prayer. They said, this is exactly what we're looking for, too. We want to we move to Goose Creek. And, and we were actually planning on moving to Goose Creek before you ever even thought about asking us. And so we kind of met in the middle. And they said, there's only one problem with us coming to Goose Creek. And it's that we've had this house on the market that we've been trying to sell for over a year, right? For over a year, they had a house on the market, went as far as knocking $10,000 off the asking price, and still had no buyers, nothing. So there was this, this big chasm between Robert and Donna joining our team, uh, and God answering that prayer, and, and start trying to sell a house. So they had this, this big opportunity on the table. And then as they started praying... And saying, God, we feel called to Creekside. We feel like you're moving us in this direction. We just got this house that we need to have sold. I kid you not. You can look in my prayer journal. About two weeks after us praying over it together, they had a cash buyer on their house. A cash buyer. Move, in, uh, move into this area, buy a house, and listen. This couple right here, they're bought in to this vision. They're bought in to every man, woman, and child, and giving every man, woman, and child consistent encounters with Jesus. So I'm thankful for them, and so I hope that you would be excited that they're here this morning, because if this is your first time with us, you've jumped right into the middle of a series that we have been going through the last several weeks on relationships. And we've been asking the question... Over the last three weeks, we've been asking the question, how do I get the most out of my relationships? How do I get the most out, out of this relationship that I have here, that I, this relationship that I have here? We all have hundreds, maybe thousands of people that we come in contact with on a daily, maybe weekly, monthly basis. Thousands of people that we come in contact with. And we've been asking the question, how do I get the most out of this? We started week one with our relationship with God. It's first. It's got to be first. It's our primary relationship. If your relationship with God stinks, if it's bad, if you're not connected to the Lord, then every other relationship you have will most likely be bad too, right? I see that in my own life. Secondly, we talked about marriage. We talked about how our marriages exist for His glory. They exist not for us. They don't exist to terminate on ourselves, but they exist for His glory for His glory to be on display as it gives witness to Christ's relationship to the church. And then last week we talked about how work is also for God's glory. If you're working a 9 to 5 for 40 hours a week, like you, at the end of your days you will have spent one-third of your life working, like one-third of your life in the workplace. And so those relationships are very important. But we, we talked about last week that we don't work for money. We work for His glory to be on display in the workplace. Well, I'm glad that you've decided to join us this morning because we're going to talk about relationships in parenting. Parenting and how we are to interact with our kids. And so that's why I've invited this couple right here today. uh, They'll be the first to tell you that it hasn't always been easy. That parenting is something, it's a hard relationship. Whether you're a child and you're interacting with your parents, or whether you're a parent interacting with your child, that relationship is one of the most important in our lives, but it's also one of the most uh, hard. Like It's just real life. Like It's hard to get along with somebody that you probably act just like. And so I've invited them up on the stage this morning, and, and I want to hear their take on it. So why don't you guys just tell us a little bit about yourself, tell us a little bit about your journey into being parents and and. Tell us a little bit about how that journey started.
1: Hey, glad to see you all. Um, Well, he's asking a lot of questions. When he first asked me to be a part of this, uh, I said, well, my wife's going to have to be there for sure because she took way much uh, care with raising our kids than I did. Now, I say that to say time and things like that. So it's important that you understand. I realize how difficult it is it was our, our journey of, of raising children and how difficult it is now and so we want to kind of uh, just just chill a little bit and and share a little bit of our story of what God's done and, and going to do and continue to do in our lives and and we're excited about it and we're excited to be a part of this ministry as David says is right but it, we're just going to go through some questions here he's going to ask us and then we're going to we're going to respond but he's such um, a
0: hippie. he said we just want to chill a little bit He's chilled. such a, <laughs> <laughs> He's a hippie. Okay. So tell us a little bit about we that journey. We
1: met um, at church, and um, uh, I, I had been saved for about two years. I got saved at uh, 23 years old. I didn't know the Lord, didn't know any much about him at all. Grew, grew up in a family where all the way through the grandmothers and grandmothers, nobody went to church. Uh, grew up in Richmond, Virginia, uh, and... Um, and I came to the Lord by a guy that I worked with, man. He gave me a gospel track. You may not think things like those. I'm starting to preach. Am I preaching?
0: He's using his hand. We met at
1: church, and, uh, and uh, it was awesome. Uh, she was the best thing I'd ever seen. And so it wasn't long after meeting her. We were married in 11 months. Um, we, our, first, uh, our first date was uh, uh, Friday the 13th. Yeah, we celebrated that a week or two ago. So, uh, so, but it's been 33 years now, though. So you know, it's it stuck. It's going. We're going straight with it. But, um, but we met then, and um, we love each other <laughs> a- intensely. She loves me a lot. She really does. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna let her talk, give her story too. That's mine. Saved, met at church. We began to date, and uh, we got married.
2: Okay, he left a couple of things out. <laughs> we, we got married, and um, we were I was in college when we got married. We decided that we would wait a little while to have children. But about four and a half years in, we decided it was the time to have children. And five and a half years later, we still hadn't had children. Oh. Um, lots of doctor's visits and questions and prayers and seeking the Lord to figure out what in the world he was doing. Um We still didn't have children after five and a half years. Um, My brother gave me a book by James Dobson. It's called, um, I told you the wrong title. It's called When God Doesn't Make Sense. Mm -hmm. And it was a perfect timing of reading that book because God was not making a whole lot of sense. Because here we are, a Christian couple, you know, just quiver full, all that stuff. And I couldn't figure out why God would do that. I had a strong desire to be a mom. And, you know, why would God put the strong desire to be a mom To a Christian couple and not give them children. I just couldn't figure it out. But what I learned from that book was God's in control. He is in control and he is on the outside of time looking down in our little bitty bit of time and he knows the perfect time to give us children. And I learned in that book to to stop questioning him, to stop asking him when and just to trust him that at the appointed time we would have children. And if we didn't have children, then that was his will. And I had to be okay with that. Mm. So, um, on our 10th anniversary, we went to, um, dinner and I was pregnant with Joey (laughs) and Robert gave me a ring. It looked like we were getting engaged, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, God did give us children. He gave us two children. Um, in between the two children, God, um, gave us twins that, um, that we lost to miscarriage. And, I had already learned not to question God, and I wasn't okay with it. I didn't agree with him, and I was very sad, and I grieved. Even 22 years later, I still grieve sometimes very heavily. I'm going to cry thinking about it. Um, But God is good, and Mm -hmm. he is sovereign over everything, and he knows the purpose in it, even though I don't. And he has given me many, many, many opportunities to minister to women who have gone through the same thing. Without that experience, I would have said some really stupid things to some mm. women who have gone through it. So um, I'm not thankful that I lost my twins, but I'm very thankful that I have the words to say sometimes mm. to women who, who go through it. So there's always something to be thankful thankful for in the trials. Because, as I said, God's on the outside. He sees what we need, even though we don't understand at the time. And even though after 20 years you still don't understand when you come to the place where you trust him, no matter what happens, you can get through it because mm. he's trustworthy.
0: Okay, That's really good. That's really good. And so we know that ladies handle that a lot differently than men. Um, and so we just we want to say to you exactly, we just want to reiterate to you what she just said there, that um, it, it's in God's timing and we want to be sensitive to that. And uh, just know that this is not a place where you have to... Um, hide that, like we want you to find comfort in, in, in the Lord and find comfort in community and uh, let this be a place where you can uh, trust the Lord, where we can all trust the Lord together in that. Um, so you, <clears throat> you had your trials and then along comes Joey, along comes Caleb, Caleb actually plays in the band here at Creek Sound and you, you know, you had a couple PKs, pastor kids, um, so Robert was a pastor, had a couple of those, Here's a here's a question that I have for you guys, Uh, to some of the parents in the room they kind of you know just trying to figure this thing out what would you say was the best thing that you ever did for your kids in terms of raising them up in the Lord in terms of leading them to God what do you feel like were some of the best things that you ever did for your kids
1: well you know as Donna and I spent a lot of time you know thinking about children hoping for children and then having children um, we uh we we made a, an agreement, and and it doesn't happen a lot a, much anymore. But we made an agreement that if God would make it possible, that we kind of take old school and <laughs> let her raise, stay home while I worked, and uh, and pastored. And so we we did that. We uh, we were able to, for for her to stay home with the boys, and. Um, and uh, education all those other things uh she she took it under her grasp under her hands and um she was able to stay home with him with the kid with the boys and uh i think it was a a great choice for us i know not everybody could do that you know my mom my mom was a single parent mom and i'll talk about that one time she couldn't by any means we went to public school until i quit that's another story we (laughs) won't get into that but uh but uh, so we decided that that's what we would do. That she would be able to stay home, and and I was able to go through college, seminary, uh, and uh, and and work, and, and keep it. God did it. I, I just as a miracle that He did that. We were able to do that, and we we pr- we thank the Lord for that every day that we could. And I think that was a big one for us. And and there, so. You talk.
2: You talk. Um, Roberts. Thing that he thinks is the best is that I got to stay home. the The thing that came to my mind was that we implanted the word of God in our boys. Um, there was all there was always a song or a Bible verse that would fit every situation. one, um, and Joey even got to the point where God, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say Psalm 23, or you're going <laughs> to say Ephesians 6:1, or you know he knew what I was getting ready to say. But th- those. Those verses are implanted in them, and I feel very confident that there are times when those verses come back to their minds. I think that's mm. probably the most important thing you can do um, as a parent is implant that word of God in them, even when they don't want to hear it.
0: Because mm.
2: you know, sometimes we don't want to hear it either. But it's the best thing you can do. And,
1: and that's uh, I. They would say to me, "Dad, I know what you're going to say before you even say it," and it would be something out of a verse, an example out of the scripture, or something like that. And and although they may not even, you know, the Dad, you said it. We've heard that before over and over. They know it. They still know it. And um, and we did. We, we wanted to implant a foundation, a biblical foundation uh, in their lives. I don't know if you knew that or not, Kay, but that's what we were doing there. <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> I like how you say that. I like how you say leading them to the Lord. I like how you say keeping that in their minds. This is actually a biblical thing. Uh, If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hope you didn't think you were going to get off the hook. Hey, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. You can see it right over there at our Connect table, Deuteronomy chapter 6. That's where we'll be kind of hanging out for most of this morning. Leading them to the Lord. This is a very... commanded thing by God. Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you got it, say, I got it. This is what he says. This is what Moses coming down after, uh, after being on the mountain, this is, this is what he's going to say to the Israelites. He says, now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, So grandparents, you're not off the hook to your son and your son's sons by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life and the days uh, and all the days that you may may be long Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them that it may go well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Let's stop right there. So Moses has just come down off off of the mountain, off Mount Sinai. He's getting ready uh, to now proclaim to the Israelites the message that he has received from God. And these are the words that he's proclaiming to them right after he's telling them about the Ten Commandments. And he says, so here are the Ten Commandments. Now this is what I want you to do with these Ten Commandments. I want you to now teach your children the things that I have commanded you. I want you to teach your children's children. The things that I have commanded you, so that it may go well for you. Verse four. Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And with these words, I command you today that they shall be on your heart. You probably know that verse. So you shall love the Lord your God with all that is in you, with all your heart, with all your soul. And with all your might. But did you know this? Verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit down in your house. And when you walk by the way. And when you lie down. And when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. So meaning that you you're keep it around your neck. Keep it always before you. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Hopefully, you know this. That all that God does, He does for His glory. The relationships that we have, we talked about it in, in week one, our relationship with God. We were created for His glory, not our story. It doesn't end and, and begin or end with us and our little stories and our little lives. We were given the breath of life to exist for His glory. Something much bigger, His magnitude, His. Like all of it, like picture the sun, and then picture the the sun being multiplied by like a million. That's the glory of God that He's called all of us to live for. And so as He's here in the book of Deuteronomy, He's establishing this people group known as the Israelites. And He says to them, live by these commandments so that you will be separated from the rest of the world... Set apart from the rest of the world so that the rest of the world might be able to look at your lives and know that there's something greater out there. Essentially, he's saying to them, I want you to live for something, live by these codes here, live by these statutes that I've given you now so that my glory might be on display to the rest of the world. So I don't know what you think about whenever you think about the the Old Testament or whenever you think about the Ten Commandments, But that's why the Ten Commandments were given. One, so they could show us how to live. But two, that as they're being lived out by the Israelites, that the rest of the world could look at the Israelites and say, there is a God up in heaven and He is glorious. And sometimes that didn't really work out. The Israelites would chase after other idols. They would chase after other gods. His glory would not be on display through their lives. His glory would not be exemplified. And so he says right here, through Through these commandments, through these laws that I've given you, I want you to take them and I want you to teach them to your children. If you're a parent in the room this morning, I I want you to feel the weight of that just a little bit, that you've been commanded by God now to instill in your children and in your children's children the things that He's instilled in your heart. You have an incredible responsibility, an incredible responsibility. Creekside Church, here's our position on this, that we want parents to be the chief disciple makers of their children. For the last 30, maybe 40 years, what's happened inside the church is parents bring their kids, and and it's a great thing, they they bring their kids and it's like, all right, here, you, take them, take them, teach them, raise them up, teach them about God, teach them about the Bible. Well, here, I'm here to tell you, that's your job. We are just a supplement to that. And and back there, we we tell our kids workers all the time, it's not nursery, it's not daycare. We want to raise them up in discipleship. But first and foremost, you have to be doing it at home. We want to raise parents to be the chief disciple makers of their children. So uh, there was a study that came out in 2015 across churches in America. So churches, like, like us, all right, our camp. Churches in America, ones that we would call or consider healthy churches in America, a survey was done in 2015 and it asked parents this simple question, who's responsible for raising your kids up in the Lord? Who's responsible for doing? 96% of parents in those churches said, we are. That's a good thing, right? 96% of parents said, we are responsible for raising our kids up in the Lord. We we, we clap at that. that, that's good. And then they also asked them, within the last month, how many of you parents have now spent time teaching, training, and equipping your kids? Essentially, how many of you, within the last month, have sat down with your kids to have a spiritual conversation? 36%. 36% of parents had actually had a, a spiritual conversation with their kids in the last month. Let me tell you what that means. That means that parents are aware, Christian parents are aware of their responsibility. They're aware of it. They know that they're supposed to be the chief disciple makers. They know that they're called. They know that they have been uh, charged with raising their kids up in the Lord. But very few are doing anything about it. Very few are taking that responsibility seriously. And, And here's my belief. My belief is that parents want to do it. You want to be after it. You want to raise your kids up in the Lord. You just need tools. You just need to be equipped and, and to know how to do that. And so that's what we want to do here at Creekside Church. So let's go back just a little bit in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Characteristics, right? Here are the Ten Commandments. I want you to live by these characteristics. It's the same... In the book of Acts, as the early church is coming about, the, the church was marked by these characteristics that they, as they had this relationship with Jesus, they still had same DNA, same characteristics that set them apart from the rest of the world. You know this, right? They, they had characteristics that set them apart from the rest of the world so that the rest of the world could look on the church and see the glory of God on display. I don't know if you know that or not, but there is a, a crowd of people around this community, around this school right now, that hopefully will look on the body of Creekside Church and say, I see the glory of God here. I see the glory of God on display. And what we call this is discipleship. We call this discipleship to be a follower of Christ, to be set apart now as we follow Christ. And we've talked about over the last several months, that we define disciple as someone who's growing in, giving to, and going for their relationship with Jesus. I hope you know that. That that's how we've defined disciple. Someone who's growing in, giving to, and going for Jesus. What do we want you to look like? We want you to look like somebody who's growing, giving, and going. We want you to look like somebody who's growing in your relationship with Jesus, Growing in your relationship with God. Growing in the faith. We want you to look like someone who's giving because of that relationship. Giving back now in ways that He's blessed you. Uh, the, the gift doesn't end on the recipient. The, the gift goes back and points glory to the giver. So be someone who's giving. And the last one, we want you to be someone who is going for that relationship with Jesus. And it's the same exact thing that that's how we want our parents Now to raise their kids up and grow, give, and go. Parents, can you teach your children what it means to grow, give, and go? Can you teach your children what it means to be a disciple in Christ? This week I sat down with our our kids director, Jennifer, and we had this discussion. Is it possible for a child to understand what it means to be a disciple, what it means to be a follower of Christ? Can a child understand what it means to, to grow, give, and go? Absolutely, and so we've, we're going to instill over the next year, we want every child in our kids department to be, under, to be able to understand what a disciple is, and to be able to say those words, grow, give, and go, and exemplify what it means. So let's talk about that just a little bit, grow. Parents, we want you to teach your children how to have a relationship with Jesus, how to have that relationship with Christ. What would it look like if one night this week you sat down with your kids for family devotion time? What would that look like? What would it take? What would it take for you as the parents to say, hey, we're not going to watch Netflix tonight. We're going to sit down as a family, and I'm going to teach you how to read the Bible. To teach them how to grow in that relationship with Christ. What if you taught your child how to pray? Where you sat down in a conversation like eye to eye, nose-to-nose, and he said, this is how I pray, and I want to teach you to do the same. What would it look like for you as a parent to teach your child that God has given us certain gifts that we should enjoy? So if your child enjoys playing with Legos, what would it look like for you one night this week to sit down and play with Legos with them and say, you know, God's given us good things that we are meant to enjoy, and Legos are a part of that. And you enjoy God that way. Teaching them now to enjoy God. Teaching them that this is a gift from God that we can point back to Him. Is that something you can do? You see, it's not that hard. It's just being intentional with the time that you have. So that's growing in their relationship with Jesus. Or, or, or like, you know, if your child enjoys music, if he has a hobby, if he enjoys something, find music, that find Christian music that they'll enjoy. There's Christian rap. There's Christian rock. There's Christian music for any, any type of music that you want to find. Whatever it is, teach them, teach them those things. Find those things for them. Lead them to God that way. Second, give. What would it look like one night this week teaching your children how to how to give? What would it look like for you to take time this week if you baked brownies and you took them over to the neighbor as an act of giving towards that neighbor? And you had your child with you the entire time explaining with them what you're doing explaining with them what it is that you're doing, saying, hey, we believe that a disciple is someone growing and giving, and because of that relationship with Christ, we're taking these brownies over to the neighbors tonight. It's easily replicated. It's something that they can learn. What if if you give your child an allowance? How many of you give your kids an allowance? Cheap. You're all cheap. You're all super cheap. Like nothing? Oh, all right, good. Okay. All right, well, kids, I'm sorry, Uh, you might want to have a discussion, Uh, equal labor laws, whatever. Well, if you do give your kids an allowance, if you ever, like if the Lord ever lays it on your heart to be generous and you want to give your kid a dollar every now and then, what we recommend you doing is teaching them from from an early age what it means to give. And so if you give them $5, say, hey, we've given, you, we've given you $5. We want you to take 50 cents this week. We want you, we want you to take 50 cents out this week and we want you to, to put it in the offering basket. Because we believe that God has called us to be uh, generous with what he's given us. And this gift isn't in here, but, but God blessed us with this, and so we want to give it back to them. That's easy. That's easily replicated. Whatever it is, like, teach them how to do that. Or if your child has a talent. Like if your child can can play a special instrument or he can do something, turn that into a teachable moment and say, "God gave you this gift so that we can now use it for His glory. Let's use it and let's let's teach this. Uh, let's teach somebody else now about this gift that He's been giving. So grow. That's give, and then lastly, going." We've been talking over the last several weeks about relationships that are far from God. What if you took your kid aside and say, hey, I've been praying for my three. I want you to pray for your three. I want you to find your three at school. You have people that are far from God but close to you that you eat lunch with every day. What if we took time this morning and we prayed for them? What if you, after giving brownies to the next door neighbor, what if you opened up your home as a place, as a as a hub For God's glory to be on display. What if you opened up your home to be like the the house that all the kids came to? The one that like you had the most fun at his house. So we're, we're going to his house. His mom, she's the best. She gives the best snacks. We play the best games. We're going over to her house. All the while you're teaching your kids that this is about the glory of God. This is about the gospel being on display. And so we're going to invite people over, and we want, we, want to, we want to go for Him. Those things are easily replicated. They're easily teachable. And so that's how we want, we want to equip you to do that. So grow, give, and go. We want every child in Creekside Church to be able to understand what that is. We want every child to be able to, to, to replicate that, to be able to do that here at Creekside. And so here, here's the thing. Even if you don't have kids... And so I, I know there's a lot of people in the room this morning. You're like, dude, this ain't for me. Like, this might be 30 years down the road, whatever, or or maybe, you know, maybe that's a couple years down the road. Like, that's not even on my radar, bro. If that's if that's you, if you're here this morning and you're saying, I don't have kids, we still want you to raise up spiritual sons and daughters, teaching them how to grow, give, and go. We want you to, to take ownership of your workplace. Take ownership of your neighborhood. Teaching them how to grow, give, and go. You can still have spiritual sons and daughters, and so we want you to. T- we want to equip you to be able to now do that uh, by grow, giving, and going. So we know now. Listen, we know that that's ideal. Like that's what we want to shoot for. That's ideal. Some of you are like, you have no idea. You ain't spent a minute in my household. We know that that's ideal. So let's talk about real. Let's talk about real. What would you guys say to parents who are here this room, uh, in this room this morning, who? Who might feel like they're struggling who might feel like they're failing what would you say to those parents
1: well I'd say we all fall down we we all stumble and I you know what I've learned my kids learn from that as well my children Mm -hmm. learn from that as well and the people I know is by failure and uh, sometimes uh, we don't want to do that of course we don't want to make a habit of it but it happens and it does happen in all of our lives God can use those things, too. Secondly, I'd say, find some people. We did that, what you were talking about. We we began to invite Caleb's friends from school, you know, in, and, and just, we do little Bible studies and, and eat pizza and tear the house up and stuff, you know. And so we did, we, we looked for things like that, Look for ideas. Read. My wife's a reader, I'm not. I read the scriptures, and that's about it. He's giving me books and making me read now, so, but, um, so, um, But she read all the time to those guys and got them reading. And my oldest son, he's not here. His his child's sick today. But, uh, uh, man, he read like 300-some books one year. And I'm like, (laughs) 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 I've done that in my lifetime, you know. But, uh, you know, and uh, so I think that, you know, and look for for people that are going to help build you up and to give you ideas. And there's so many things out there.
2: Okay, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Uh, When the boys were little, sorry, Caleb, um, they were swimmers, and they were really good swimmers. Uh, Caleb was an exceptional swimmer. He could have gone to the Olympics if he had continued. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. He would have, but we were at a swim meet, and we were sitting in the sun under a tarp, and all the hundreds of swimmers from all around were around, and Joey shoved one of Caleb's friends off of the cooler, because he wouldn't move. And Caleb didn't like that too much. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw Caleb take a water bottle and smash Joey in the back with it. And then I saw, I mean, this happened like in three seconds flat. Joey, big Joey, shoved Caleb. And Caleb stood up and took the beach chair he was sitting in and smashed Joey across the back (laughs) with it. And I was like, (laughs) real life, that's right. And I looked over. (laughs) To where my husband was standing outside of the tent with the swim coach, and I think he had a bag of popcorn, he was going, <laughs> watching <laughs> the whole thing, not doing anything. I was the and, <laughs> and the swim coach was going, yeah, yeah. and I said, do something, so they, they came over and broke it up. Just so you know, I felt like a failure as a mother that day. I knew that everyone at the swim meet was looking at me going, sad excuse for a mom, but... We all feel like a failure as parents at times. And even when they're adults, sometimes you think, okay, my dad still says that. He'll look at my mom he'll say, where did we go wrong? Um, you will fail and you will make mistakes and you will have regret, but you don't stay there. You don't stay mm-hmm. focused on those times of feeling like a failure or feeling like... You know, I wish I would have done this. You, you focus on the moment. You focus on the future. And you, you do the best that you can. And then um, when your children are adults and they have to go to counseling, so, I mean, it gives the counselor a job. So <laughs> 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 that's what I kept saying. But seriously, you're going to make mistakes as parents. You just do the best you can. You trust the Lord. One of the things that I feel like I did um, early on that really, really helped me um, – was I prayed for wisdom I prayed God pour your wisdom into me give me wisdom and there were times when wisdom was coming out of me Mm -hmm. and I knew it was not from anything any book I read or anything like that it was coming straight from the Lord so I would say don't focus on the mistakes that you made but ask God to give you wisdom to get through the mistakes because you're going to make mistakes you're going to get angry you're going to lash out you're going to think secretly what have I done becoming a parent um You will do, am I right? You will do that, and then you'll feel guilty about that, and um, you will make mistakes. Ask God for wisdom to get you through the mistakes, and He is faithful, and He will give you the wisdom that you need.
0: That's good. Last question. So, Robert, you alluded to just a minute ago that you were raised by (coughs) a single mom. What would you say to parents today who feel like they're doing this alone? Um, that's a tough question. Um,
1: being raised in a single home, mom took care of three kids. Uh, we were in Southside Richmond, so that's trouble just in the, uh, to start off with. It wasn't a. It's not a. Not a really great part of the uh, state. But um, uh, she, my mom was a good woman. She wasn't a Christian, but she was a good woman, and so she was able to um, to help us. But um, there were, there were other people, there were other things that were going on as well that, that helped me to, to frame me who I became. And then, of course, coming to Christ changed everything. But um, um, I, don't know. I don't know how to answer that question fully. I, but other than, other, other than this is that, you know, she kept on going, and I picked up a lot of her personality, which is to be able to meet people I don't. I. I. I make make friends really quick, and I got a lot of that from my mom. So everything she did mattered, mm. you know. And I look back. My mom's a believer now, and, and loves the Lord, and uh, and stuff. And so, but um, um. That's it.
2: I think that's a good answer. You, you even though you're doing it by yourself, you can still teach your kids. Um, I did not grow up in a single um, parent family. I grew up with both my mom and dad. But I think that my advice to single moms or single dads is don't do it by yourself. Mm. You don't have to do it by yourself. And I don't believe in this whole it takes a village to raise your children because I'm going to raise my children myself. But um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Nancy <laughs> Reagan. Um, <laughs> You, you can rely on other people. If you're a single mom, find a Christian man to come and get your kids and be an example to them. And if you're a single dad, find a Christian woman who's going to help you learn how to tie bows and things mm-hmm. like that. Don't do don't do do not it by yourself. You don't have to. There are Christian mm-hmm. men and women who are um, meant to mentor and mm-hmm. meant to come alongside you and give you, give
1: you strength. Oh, I do have. Yeah. I know you're coming on. Um, we have an MC here focused for single moms and we lead that and so moms and dads yeah Yeah. and so that's what that's 40% of people in our area are single parents and so that's a large majority of people in in the Goose Creek area there and so we we want to do something to help little Roberts are going through time you know and so we invite you to come be a part of that. I mean, that's, I think that's awesome that, that we've, we've targeted in on that, and we're starting to do some things, too. So it's really good.
0: Absolutely. So Robert and Donna lead our uh, single-parent missional community, and they're doing some awesome things. Uh, like you said, 40% of our city are single moms. And <clears throat> just like they said, I, I want to reiterate that. You need a village. Uh, it doesn't. We, we won't take a village to raise a child, but y- you need help. You need community. Um, You you need people around you that are going to help you doing those times. And I I know a lot of single moms. I'm just going to say this. Um, It's okay to ask for help. Uh, It's okay. It's not a a sign of weakness. It's not a sign that you uh, can't get the job done. Um, As as a matter of fact, it might be the most loving thing that you can do for your child is to ask for help. Um, and, And also with that, if you're a guy or if you're a lady in this room... Um, and you love working with children, step up, step up to the plate. If you see somebody in our church, uh, 30%. If they're not here yet, they're going to come. Um, take, take a step and, and be a part of that family. Um, cut grass for a single mom, whatever it takes. We, we have provided an opportunity and a place for you to do that well um, inside the single parent's uh, structure. Uh, so just a few resources, uh, some resources for you to check out uh, if you're a parent and you would like some extra resources. Uh, for Instruction in Righteousness by Pam Forrester. And I was talking with Miss Donna. Uh, I haven't personally read it, but she said that this is Scripture for everything. Like, if you have a topic that you want to turn to, um, there's a Scripture verse for it. So, For Instruction in Righteousness by Pam Pam Forrester. Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. Um, Shepherding a child, a Child's Hurt. And then lastly, Parenting by the Book, Biblical Wisdom for Raising Your Child by John Roseman. And I just want to lay it out there. Um, If you want to contact Pastor Robert and Donna, if you want to reach out to them, they invite you to do that. You can do that on email. You can check that out on the website. And so let's just recap it here. We want your child to be growing, giving, and going, and we believe that you have the tools necessary to be able to do that. And we hope that you've been blessed by this, but really the first and foremost thing that you can do for your child is to pray for them. That's the first and and most important thing that you can do for them. Miss Donna just said that a minute ago. She prayed for specific things over their kids. And so we want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. As the band comes to play, we want to close out with one song. We're going to to talk about in this last song how we are children of God, that God is the best parent of all. That if you're a, a, a believer in Christ this morning, that He's brought you into His family That he is now parenting to you now, and one day you will uh, receive an inheritance from Christ. And so if you're here this morning, we want to invite you during this last song to pray over your kids, to pray over them. And if you would like to reach out to Pastor Robert and Donna, they're going to be in the back of the room this morning uh, for you to pray with if you would like that. Would you guys pray with me? Father, we thank you for this morning. And we thank you for the blessing that is the Chapman family. We thank you for how, Lord, they'd be the first to admit that it hasn't always been easy. Lord, there's been times of struggle. There's been times in their lives when, Lord, there was chaos. Lord Robert didn't even have the best example of a a parent. Lord, by a mom, Lord, who was trying to do it all on her own. And a dad who wasn't even in the picture, Lord, and, and well, we know that that goes on in this city. Forty percent, to be exact. Lord, we know that as we look to you, Lord, our, our true and good Father, Lord, that through the gospel, Lord, we can have access to the best parent there's ever been. Lord, that because of our relationship with you, maybe that relationship we had in the very beginning with our parents wasn't so good Lord, through our relationship with you, we get to see it exemplified perfectly. And I pray that we would lean into that this morning. I pray for the parent this morning who feels like they're struggling, who might even go as far to say that they're failing. Lord, help them to realize there is grace. There is grace this morning, and there is nothing beyond the grace of Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ that you can't fix. I pray for the single moms, the single dads. Lord, help them to feel like there are people around. There is family around. I pray that they would realize, Lord, that you're there. There are people there. And I pray right now, Lord, for the parents in this room, that that they would take very seriously their call to equip, their call to train, their call to instill these values of Deuteronomy 6 and Grow, give, and go. Pray that we would all take that very seriously. We pray that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. No matter who you are, no matter where you are this morning, we pray that you would respond. If you would like prayer with one of our pastors in the back, we invite you to do that. But the last song this morning is about how we are children of God. And so we pray that you would express that loudly to the Lord, that he has brought us into his family. That as children of God and as recipients of His grace in the gospel, that we can find true family, true fatherhood in Christ. Would you guys stand with me this morning?